All right, welcome to Look at My Records. Very excited to have Nicole Yoon here. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm so thrilled to have you here. I've been a fan for, I think, as long as Eternal Summers has existed. So wow. it's really nice to finally meet you. I remember, well, probably a few years after it started, I remember the first song I heard was A Burial. So that's Ooh. like 2013, 2014, right? I feel like if if you like that song, I feel like I know who you are now. <laughs> we, we've only known each other for I know 10 your minutes, soul now, but we know each other's soul. <laughs> so it's it's so great to have you. Thanks to Tom Barrett for connecting us. Thanks, he plays Tom. drums with you a lot. My good my good friend, Tummy. former neighbor. We lived in the same building until uh, about March. Mm, great sadness. guy. Great guy. I'm still pretty close. He's to a great. He lives, he's a great so. drummer. Great songwriter. All around good guy. <laughs> Tom Parrott, we Tom love Barrett. you. <laughs> but congrats on the new solo record, Paper Suit, out now on K9 Records. Thank you. This yeah. is a great record. I read a lot of Britpop influences, and I could definitely hear it. But I am curious because I thought the last Eternal Summers album kind of sounded different from the previous records. Sure. Why'd you decide to? do a solo record and not uh, just the next Eternal Summers record. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting. I mean, when I actually look at the whole span of Eternal Summers, technically the project started in 2008, which, I mean, what bands stay together, especially like just on a pretty uh, indie, indie level yeah. <laughs> that we're at, uh, you know, uh, basically the same lineup the whole time. And... Uh, I think uh, with the last Eternal Summers record, um, Every Day It Feels Like I'm Dying, I think that one was really a departure. Um, I think because we really wanted to make music more like music that we w were listening to rather than, I think there was kind of this dichotomy of us playing music that was just like instinctually coming out from the three of us and then actually all of us like liking the sea and cake. <laughs> you know what C I mean? Sea and cake is great. They are great. <laughs> and I, I just think it was that, that weird thing like when we were on tour in the van, we'd be listening to nothing but Stereo Lab and the sea and cake and like things like that. And then, um, but then our music being just a lot more aggressive. Well, sometimes aggressive, still pretty sometimes, but I think like. Uh, there's kind of this nervous energy that we have always yeah. had underneath whatever pretty layers there were. So um, I think it was kind of like a chance to finally merge what we really enjoy and, you know, possibly the Eternal Summer's sensibilities. And so when that happened, um, it was kind of a, a weird um, time for us as a band. We uh, were looking for a new label so we were like shopping out that album for the first time. We hadn't shopped an album out in a, in long, a time. long time since 2010. So I think that was, you know, just fired up all my insecurities. And then, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what? I in this waiting period, I need to be doing something. I can't just be waiting around for rejections or like, you know you know, possible acceptances, but with a caveat of this and this. Like, I just need to get my headspace out of this part of 
this you know the sucky part of the industry of like your music is pass or fail <laughs> which is like is that how music goes I don't know but um, and just focus on something totally different so the solo project was so open-ended I was just like I want to write songs um, with no set um, like uh, pre nothing pre-planned and no um, like thematic yeah I just was like you know what let's just be free let's see what comes out and also not running songs by Jonathan and Daniel in Eternal Summer is just like here are the songs like purely from myself um, and what is that anymore like I haven't done anything like that in a long time like everything's been towards Eternal Summers for 10 years and um, so I was like okay let's see what happens and surely enough all of my personal favorite influences come out um, things that um, have nothing to do with Jonathan and Daniel and I, honestly I don't think they're into it at all but definitely the Britpop stuff and like um, like I don't know how to describe it but like 90s college rock singer yeah, songwriter that's the good stuff that's yeah, the good stuff it is the good stuff yeah. and I mean I'm I'm uh, one of three daughters I'm the youngest and my sisters are five and ten years older than me and so probably big musical big influence. because I was still in grade school when my sister was like getting all like her Jeff Buckley albums and getting like um, I mean everything from like the first Smashing Pumpkin al- Pumpkins album to like Portishead and all this stuff and I'm like 10 and like just absolutely mesmerized and I think those are the things like those influences maybe not Portishead but I love Beth Gibbons but anyway yeah all of those kind of first influences yeah it's definitely the record when I hear it is poppier than most of the Eternal Summer stuff and were you revisiting Britpop influences kind of the way I feel like the media has been the last like three or four years since it's like 20 years ago or would you say this is something that has been influencing your songwriting throughout the course of your career as an artist um I don't know maybe it is kind of that public subconscious consciousness but um I again with having a sister who was 10 years older older than me like as a I don't know, 10-year-old, I was lucky enough to really get into the Verve and Supergrass, um, like, just on a, this song sounds cool level, and not like, oh, I can't wait to tell my friends about it, because they did not care. (laughs) Same. Yeah, they didn't care. Nobody cares. Can relate. (laughs) So I um, I think it's more, you know, just going to your roots and I'm like well my roots thank goodness were very well informed but um I always have had an affinity for like British music and I just can't stop it's just even this playlist I was like just find a few American bands (laughs) I was like oh the pretenders are like 
kind of American. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I tried. Of, I really it's tried. It's all good. It's also <sighs> today is actually the ten year anniversary of Oasis breaking oh, up. Oh wow! Yeah. Breaking up. <laughs> breaking up. <laughs> the day Noel posted, I can't take working with Liam another oh, day. I understand. Yeah, it seems like it would be hard. But so I thought that was interesting and kind of timely That's hilarious. at this point. <laughs> but tell me about, so the writing and recording of the record, were these songs that you kind of worked on over the course of several years as kind of a side thing? Or did you sit down and write it within a short oh, time yeah, period? Oh yeah, a very short period of time. I think, again, just in that time period of feeling really insecure about um, Eternal Summers and... Um, our record coming out I was just like I need to I need to have a goal I think I'm going to try to record in the late fall early winter of 2017 and I think it was like the end of summer I was like I'm just gonna like see what songs come out and uh, so I wrote eight songs and that's why it's kind of a weird length for a full length because I was like these are the songs I wrote that's all there is Um, but I think it was like a really fruitful time because I do thrive um, on deadlines Uh, otherwise it's just gonna get worse like the songs are just gonna get really (laughs) bad because I'll overthink it but um, I really love a deadline and I think I was just like okay I've already booked uh, the time, uh, both in New York and Philly, and uh, I'm booking the train tickets, and I better have some songs. <laughs> better have yeah. some songs. <laughs> yeah. And you definitely had some good songs. Thanks. I love the record. You said there's no themes, really, lyrically, or would you say well, there are? Well, I, I think mostly stylistically I wasn't, you know, trying to have it be like a con- conceptual thing, like, oh, this is Nicole going into Britpop. Like, I, that wasn't necessarily the goal. If it came out that way, that's awesome. Um, but I think lyrically, um, I have a really hard time knowing what I'm writing about until an album comes out. <laughs> Actually, it's usually this. The first, yeah. um, the first uh, interview that's like, in person with another person where I'm like, oh, that's what that, uh, that album's about. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the lyrics were about. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I gave these lyrics to several different people um, either because I needed them to sing on the record with me or like live. And especially the people who were doing it live after the record came out, they were like, oh my gosh, these lyrics are just a lot darker uh, than you would think because it's so poppy. Um, uh, and I've always loved that. I've always loved that. The icon- Oh, yeah. And, like, I think over time, I have I used to be a very um, cryptic songwriter as far as, like, lyrics go, where you don't even know what the noun is. Like, what's the subject of what she's even saying? Um and then I think over time I've gotten a little bit more literal, um, but I still really enjoy things to be just mysterious enough that you can apply your own life, you know, 
experiences to it and it's not like oh this is like about the time when she ordered a turkey club sandwich and you know like it's yeah, just yeah. i i don't mean to like diss on some artists because i do feel like there is more of a movement towards that now i feel like there's like a vulnerability which i think that's the strength of current young songwriters but then i think on the flip side it's so literal that it's like it's it's almost like storytelling um about that person as a persona rather than um necessarily trying to evoke your emotions as a listener um to like make it your own personal thing so anyway what were we talking about <laughs> oh yeah themes of paper themes suit. yeah so i think um I don't know. I don't know what the themes are. I I, I really, I think uh, for me in general, my theme is always personal struggle. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody can relate Everyone to that. Everyone can relate. It's personal awesome. struggle. And like, um, I, it's been cool. Like this album, like we haven't done a lot of press stuff for it, but just getting a lot of feedback from listeners who have just said, hey, I'm like going through this like crazy disease, like physical disease or um, like I just, you know, came out to my parents or like all these things and just being like, and this album helped me. I'm like, that's cool because none of the songs are specific specifically about those two things. <laughs> so the general theme of struggle I think it's I think it's universal. It I think is I'm going to keep on keeping on with that. Keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing, Nicole. Okay. We love it. It's a hit. Thanks. It's a hit. <laughs> Struggles a hit. <laughs> and you recorded this in Gravesend Studios partially, partially in Brooklyn. Yes, yes. Did you who'd you work with? Both um Julian uh Fader and uh Carlos Hernandez from the band Ava Luna. Oh nice. Uh, someone else I know. Yeah, There's they're doing way, a yeah. lot of good records. Um, yeah, it was really great. Like, Julian and I, and I, like, definitely kept up a lot. I'm such a fan of his drumming. So I was like, please, like, of course I want you to record this, but, like, please play on some of it. So he's drumming on quite a bit of it. He, he drums on Supernatural Babe and, and After All. And I think Destroy Me. But, yeah, he's an incredible drummer. And then... And then Carlos is just like, just such a such a brain. So did you work with two? So were, was one in Philly that you? So worked no, with? those one two were in okay. Brooklyn, well, and in then Brooklyn. in Philly um, was my friend Rob Garcia. He actually used to be in that band Bleeding Rainbow, um, who like awesome. such a great band. And he and I have been friends for a long time. We actually used to be in a band together way back in the day when he used to live in Virginia. And uh, I'm just really used to collaborating with him, like. I think he's the last person I used to actually write songs with, um, like in a let's sit down and hash this out sort of way. Like Eternal Summers, I think we kind of more jam it out, you know. Yeah. You know, Traditional jam. Yeah, jam it out. Like I'll come with an idea, but you know, let's I'll jam come with it, a riff. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I think yeah. So I it came from a place of 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 a lot of trust. Uh, to work with Rob and uh, yeah, he he did uh, the Tommy uh, recording and 
great it, second favorite song on the I record. know it's great it, song. and I think it it actually brought out a lot of his sensibilities because he's got a really great background in like 60s psychedelia and like also kind of like like the nuggets compilation style stuff like the band that he and I used to be in was very much that type of like 60s garage where like we had a farfisa organ <laughs> and like it was it, we were we were called social studies but there was like five other bands called social studies but anyway yeah in Philly it was a little bit more um isolationist it was like me him and this guy named Pat Breer on drums and just kind of like we we're gonna do it all like it's just the three of us whereas in New York we kept on bringing more people yeah. in <laughs> it's like it's New York there's like 50 people out there we can just they're in a line it's like your turn to, to put on that sweet bass line come on in <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's very funny yeah cool well I love the record let's play some songs from the let's record I'd say Tommy cause that's my name okay and cool. I love that song Tell me a little bit about that song, Tommy. Tommy, um, I think that was actually the first song that I wrote I for the album. I was going to say, Does was it, that the first song you wrote for the yeah, album? Yeah, I think it was. I don't know why I it, thought it was, but it just had it, a feeling. Right? No, it will, for no particular reason. I think but. it's kind of like, that song is a lot about vibe, because I think in a way it's actually like a really basic song, but um, it's interesting. Tommy... Uh, I was actually naming, I name all of my songs names, like guys' names or girls' names. Um, and that one has nothing to do with anyone named Tommy. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I, I'm, I don't know what this is called. And I already named it Tommy. So <laughs> there's that. Um, but yeah, that one, again, another song about struggle. And, but, you know, with a really like, washy psychedelia psychedelia tinged paisley vibe and love the paisley vibes. love the paisley vibe love those vibes and i think those are things that i i really that those are deep deep set in my my history and uh and never got to do anything like that with eternal summer so i was really excited to kind of 60s it out yeah, you have good taste. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and you write good songs, so. Cool. Awesome. Cool. I, I'm, I feel really good right now. <laughs> good. That's, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously great, really awesome to have you. I've been a fan for a long Aww, time. So again, Tom Barrett, thanks. thanks Second Tom. time we're thanking you, Tom thanks Barrett. Thanks another Tommy. Yeah, that's right. Two Toms. Two Toms. And then let's play Supernatural Babe. I feel like that's a, that song has an edge it to it. It does have an it's edge. It's got edge, that song. And a surprise woodwind later in the song. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get the woodwind in there? Well. that Was that someone you invited in? Yes. Like off the street? Well, not off the street. Actually, <laughs> a very close person. It was actually Eternal Summer's manager. Nice. Greg Vegas. He's uh, actually the during... Uh, the first year that we worked with him he was like hey you guys are in new york um I, you guys have a day off because i think it was like cmj he's like oh you have like a night off do you want to come see me play in this like uh avant like jazz you know free jazz group with thurston moore thurston moore's brother like this super famous jazz drummer who was like 80 years old and like three other sax players and we're like 
Yes. <laughs> so we went and was at Don Pedro's wow. or Don Pedro. And so it was so small in there. It was packed because obviously people were there for Thurston as well. And I was just like, oh my gosh, our manager's so cool. And like, but like in this other way, because we already knew that he was like in the whole 90s, like alternative. Yeah. Like he was in this band called One Mon- of those guys. He was in that band called Monsterland. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, no, but they were. But they sound cool. They were good. They were cool. They were really good. But, um, Anyway, yeah, and I was like, oh, he's so good at sex. And then, like, I literally, at, at that show at Dan, uh, Don Pedro's, I just, like, ran into Thurston Moore's torso. Because <laughs> I'm 5'2". <laughs> it, it, it wasn't. Soft? I was just, like, I was, like, I turned around, and I, like, walked straight into his belly button. And, like, <laughs> I was like, oh. And, and then he looked out at me. I was like, oh, good setup there. Good setup. <laughs> Did he say thanks? Yeah, he said thanks. And I was like... I know I can't I'm not gonna acknowledge your fame because we're in New York and I know New York famous people don't like that so I just like turned around I was like no big deal I have like a really funny uh, Sonic Youth member story too one time I went to see Lee Ronaldo at Storm King Art Center Uh which is up kind of like upstate New York and he's doing like an all experimental set Kevin Morby played too before he like got a little bigger it was a really great show and basically <laughs> Lee Ronaldo was just like had a guitar on like a rope and stuff and was just like moving it around and stuff and then he like met people afterwards and I was like talking to him a little bit and then I guess there was like an awkward silence at the end and he's like I guess there's other people waiting to meet him and he's like Okay, are we done? <laughs> it's like, yeah, nice meeting you. Bye. Have we clocked it in? Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like your needs were met as a fan? I said, and I said, yes, it was nice meeting you. And then we had a nice photo op, and that was it. Are we done? I love Lee Ronaldo. Oh, good guy. It's amazing. It's kind of similar to the tor- torso. Oh, yeah. To the torso situation. No, it is. You're just like, okay. Okay, Bye. we're done. We're done here. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> but uh, uh, well, that's cool. We both have funny Sonic yes. Youth related stories. Love it. But there's some worries. A lanky guy. Yeah, so it's gonna happen. I would probably same thing would have happened to lanky me. Lanky guy too. in a small space. Yeah. And now, after Supernatural, babe, let's play um, my favorite track. And after all, I was telling you on the way here, I think I just kept hitting back after it Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> people think I'm crazy for doing that. But when I really like a song, I do play it to oh, death. And yeah. people think I'm insane. One of my sisters was that way. Um, the one that had all the good records. So like, I'd always think about, uh, was it Daft Punk Around the World? Like just on repeat from her room, I was like, dun, 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 dun. I was like, no. That was a little more intense. No, that Th- was the worst. This it is got. a very nice sounding, yes, soothing song. <laughs> you know, it's not like, doo, 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 doo. Oh it's not gosh. like Da Rude Sandstorm. Yeah, you know? totally. It's like, I would not play that on repeat. <laughs> Thank but you. Yeah, I was saying before we started recording, you got a really great guitar sound out of this song, kind of like oh, yeah. echoing guitar sound. She said Doug Gillard. Oh yeah. Guitar so on that track, yeah, I played like the all the all the um like rhythm stuff. So I have to take some credit, but Doug did all the like kind of lead lines on that and it's amazing. It sounds like um there's like layers upon layers of Doug, but he's just one of those guitar players that has like two chords in one chord 
in his hand. <laughs> it's like <laughs> really hard to explain it, but like when he plays, it just sounds like many people. So it was just amazing because I think he really got some really like haunting, beautiful sounds in there. But yeah, I mean, he's insane. Everyone was like all all the other musicians were like fan fanning out to him, like just playing th- like 30 minutes of stuff. And it's just, yeah. It's a, it's and he plays in your live band too. How'd you guys uh, connect for him? Yeah. Oh, well, it goes a while back because Eternal Summers back in 2013, no, the end of 2012, we went on tour with Not A Surf and that's when Doug was ah, so cool. playing lead with them. Um, he still jumps in there once in a while, but he's so busy with Guided By Voices. But um, yeah, so we went on tour with them and then Doug gave us like a single that he had done on his own and there was a song on there um that uh i can't even remember what it's called now but it had a very like male fronted cocteau twins vibe which i was like what What? i will text you (laughs) later what it was but i was like what like this is like i would not have expected this from doug gillard turns out like you look into his like deep past and he's so like glam goth like new wave it's like he's got the whole thing there so so I was like wow how cool would it be if he produced an Eternal Summers album which he produced the Drop Beneath the one that A Burial is on great record and that's a very guitar forward record because Doug was there and we wanted that so um, so we stayed in touch because like we recorded in Austin together and that was like probably like a 10 day thing. And then we just always stayed in touch um, about projects. And I think he was actually the first person to be like, Nicole, you need to, you need to think about doing a solo record sometime. Nice. I know. And I was like, no, I'm just not ready. And that was probably like 2014 that he said that. So it took me a while to figure that out, but he was like, "You should, because you, I know you can write songs." <laughs> it's my Doug impersonation. He was Sorry, right. Doug. He was right. I know. Doug Gillard was right. He was right. I imagine he's right about a lot of things. He's right yeah. about a lot of things. I don't wanna. I don't wanna always give him credit for it, but I'm giving <laughs> you credit to the masses right now. Um, so. Yeah, um, so that's how we ended up working with him, and then we've just stayed friends since. And then the last song that I want to play in this set, I love Stone Structure, the last song on the record. Mm. I think so. I think number one and after all, Tommy number two, Stone Structure number two. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, cool. That's my rank. That's my power ranking Sweet. of songs on this record. But they're it, they're all great songs. Thanks, but I, I, dude. If I have to pick. And after all, I just love that song. But Stone Structure to wrap up this set. Yeah. Great song. Thanks. That one, I, um, you know, I rarely write songs that are like kind of riff led, um, but that one kind of has that sort of like Stone Roses kind of yeah. thing. And honestly, again, this is another song where the working title ended up being the 
actual one because I was like, oh, I really like the structure of this song and Stone Rose's part. Stone structure. Sorry, I just ruined the mystique for everyone. But then I was like, oh, Stone structure. I was like statue? Yeah, it Like a statue? It totally A wall? A wall? Critique of political critique? I hate that I gave away the secret just now. Edit that out. No, just kidding. It's fine. But yeah, and then also I had a couple of friends from the um, English band Maximo Park on the record and so they actually both played on that um, uh, and the guitarist from Maximo Park he's the vocal on that so um, I was like okay like British stuff my British friends cool yeah <laughs> it's legit Manchester. now it's legit love now. all the British influences on this record oh. though found myself really diving back into Britpop that's why I asked that question uh, in the beginning. I yeah, I I need to have a more uh, uh, what is it intentional deep dive into it because I feel like I just go to the records that I've always loved. But I'm like, there's so many like bands that I just n- yeah, need to know more yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's so many deep cuts. Deep cuts. Some of that kind of like early 2000s pulp albums I'd never got yeah. into, and like anyway, much more. Excellent. And everyone, you're about to hear four songs from Nicole's debut solo record. It's awesome. It's called Paper Suit. You can get it on vinyl via Canine Records. I'm a proud owner of it on vinyl. It sounds good. Sounds good on wax, so get it on wax, people. We're starting off with Tommy and After All, Supernatural Babe and Stone Structure, all from Paper Suit. We'll be back.
back we heard tommy and after all supernatural babe stone structure all off of nicole's brand new well it's been out for a couple months yeah it's still brand, still new. brand new come still on brand new Br- brand new record paper suit which is out now on canine records get it on vinyl via Bandcamp. it's on Bandcamp. yes right? it is canine records website and yeah and nicole yun that's y-u-n and nicole without an h yeah. Dot bandcamp dot com. Yeah. And get it, people. <laughs> always good to have a physical copy. Yes. It's always the most fun. It's the most fun. Okay, we're going to the second portion of the show where you picked some records from my record yes. collection. Oh, we're going to play them and talk about them. Loved the little Instagram story on XTC yes. that you posted. I'm like a hardcore uh, Yeah, I noticed. Fan. I'm possibly going to the XTC convention wow. next year in Swindon. Can I ask you, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, but I'm going to ask you anyway, what is your favorite record of theirs? Ooh, probably Oranges and Lemons. Okay, cool. I love that record. Thank you. Sick. No, that's a, a sick album, but also, I'm just glad that you didn't say Skylarking. Yeah, Only it's because, such a standard response, Isn't right? it? And like... I'm a drums and wires girl myself, but I get why people like that one. But it's like the only answer, it feels like. Yeah, there's other. There great are other records. answers. There, there they are. have so many good records. I know. I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> big fan. Big fan. Andy Partridge, oh, Colin Moulding, and the bunch. Did you pick an XDC song? I did, but it's later on in my choices. Okay, cool. <laughs> so maybe I'll just put this at the end. Okay. Or no, let's just keep the natural flow yeah, going. This is how going. things go. Okay. Tell me what you selected okay. first. Okay, first I picked um, R.E.M. Finest Work Song off of Document. Great song. I know. You know, I used to have a radio show in college called The Finest Work Songs. <laughs> and that would just be the first song. I was like, oh, snap. I didn't like 
choose all the songs for my, for my show today. So I had to go. And like, I was like, oh, at least I have the same theme song every show. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a great starter to anything. So. Great song. The coolest thing that I think of when I think of this song was, and it's funny, I was talking about it this weekend with my dad. My dad in his car had the Epinonymous cassette uh-huh, tape, uh-huh. which is like a best of their IRS series. Oh, cool. And yeah. this this song was on it, obviously. Yeah. And then followed by It's the End of the World. Is it a it. different version, though? I don't know. I yeah. don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same version. It's probably the same one. But yeah, I love this song. I love R.E.M. Me too. I started like super hardcore listening to this podcast that um oh the the guy from parks and rec yeah and the, are you uh, else. are you talking rem remy <laughs> and uh at first i thought it was really obnoxious and then i was like oh i'm sucked in and they do get go into every album um, and they are really nerdy about it. That are like, and here's my resequencing of this album, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, nerd alert! That's I love crazy. It. Yeah, they have a similar one for Guided by Voices. One guy does it. Oh yeah, and it's interesting because it's just him talking for like 40 minutes for each record. Oh wow. Yeah, but it's still like it still grabs your attention. Kinda. No, yeah. You don't mean to diss the hesitations. I'll listen to a little bit each episode, <laughs> and then I'll get distracted. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, dude. Yeah, sorry, dude. But it's cool. <laughs> but great REM. Hey, the best. Yes, they're great. The best. Okay, after REM, see, I don't have my phone where I put all, everything, but I think I, I think I know it. So after REM is. Uh, Cleaners from Venus. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, follow uh, follow the plow off of uh, living with Victoria Gray album. I guess I don't. I'm, I I should stop saying what album things are on because I don't think I know all of them. But anyway, yes, I am such a Martin Newell fan, and he just writes the best melodies in the world. He does. I can't believe I didn't really know him until they did all those reissues and stuff. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people didn't and it's amazing what just a label has captured tracks. The what a service. Refocusing like, hey, there's this guy that is in some, you know, home county is what they yeah. call him, right? Yeah. In the UK and he's good. So we're gonna like put all this stuff oh, out. I'm so grateful. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just, I just love melody in general, and when I hear somebody write a more intensely melodic melody than I could ever write, it just like makes me so happy because I feel like, unfortunately, like really melodic songs are not cool right now, or I don't know. It just feels like I feel like you just can, I don't know, have a song that's purely vibe <laughs> yeah without a melody right now so um just some of his melodies are just so bold and so catchy that you're like how does like hook after hook after hook keep happening <laughs> like yeah. but yeah i love this one i think that's it's one of the catchiest ones as well as just the victoria gray uh, uh melody is amazing off of that album 
great record. It's a great record. I heard someone describe him as the Robert Pollard of the UK. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Right? Lo-fi. Yeah, and prolific. Writes a lot of songs. Yes. But Martin Newell hated touring and stuff. That makes sense. And But... Bob Pollard does not. No, he does not. Because he'll play like four times in New York a year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's stopping at all. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure they're like, have a few records, like, just like, lined up in the queue, so. Yeah, he said, last time he played, he played in Jersey City in, like, May or June. And he's like, we got two more records coming out this year, and then another two next year. Wow. what? What are you doing, man? How do you do that? Man, there's got to be something. I got to find out. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Yeah, what does he do? What's his motivation? I don't get it. But anyway. He was quoted. Someone told me he was quoted as saying to them, give me like two joints and a pot of coffee and I'll write you a record. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so I guess good. that's what, that's his formula. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I feel like David Crosby said something like that too recently on a on another podcast where it was like, yeah, like give me like a joint and a new guitar, and I'll write you a new song, <laughs> new guitar like one guitar per song, and then a friend of mine just saw him live like two weeks ago, he was like there were so many guitars on that stage. Damn, dude. <laughs> David Crosby with all the guitars. Crazy. What a guy. Yeah, what a What guy. a mustache. What a mustache. Envious and, of that mustache. And I heard, I mean, his voice is just, like, better than it was, which wow. is crazy. It's hard to believe. That's hard to believe, based on other things. Yeah. <laughs> he is crazy. Yes. All right. After Cleaners from Venus... Oh, okay. what do we got so next? this is the murky part where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. So um, we are going to go with some They Might Be Giants yeah. off of their Flood album, uh, the song Dead. I love that song. I love that song. That song was uh, introduced to me as a, I think it was the year that it came out because I remember the first songs like, uh, 1990. Yeah. They might be just, giants. And I That's was. The uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to like say exactly how old I am, but I was definitely very young. And uh, my sister was like home from college, and I just remember thinking about the lyrics to that song "Dead" and being like, like I'll never see myself in the mirror with my eyes closed. Like, I. How can I try? Yeah. I think being young enough to be like, oh, should I try that? Like, I don't get, I don't, like, it was a conundrum for me. (laughs) It's a powerful song in their own, like, very quirky way, the way they sing and work with their melodies and stuff. Just an incredible band. I love that song, too. Yeah, because I think the, the actual subject matter and message is, you know, kind of... Um, you know, very like self-reflective and like I don't know what the word is. It's like um, kind of existentialist, yeah. I guess. And but then the tone is so <laughs> um, it's just a little bit casual. Yeah, and <laughs> s- kind of s- sorta it. Humorous and like a dark, like a dark yeah, humor, dark right? Humor. Like a dark yeah. humor, where it's 
obviously very dark, but the way it's being presented sounds kind of silly and yeah sort of and plus there's no it's not like a traditional like there's no drums and so i think you can really focus in on what they're singing about but uh yeah love that track for since i was the year the age i was in 1990 (laughs) all right dead by they might be giants followed by by at this point we will do bonnie by prefab sprout um, which it's like one of those records. Well, basically I did not get into them until this year. It's like one of those bands that certain friends of mine would just spaz out about. And I was like, um, like, unless you give me a specific song or album, it's not going to happen for me. I need like direction. Um, but I think with that one, I am a really big fan of this podcast called Soda Jerker on songwriting. Um, it's like this Brit- another British thing that I love. Um, these two guys from Liverpool that interview different songwriters, and they did one with Patty McAloon. Actually, they did two. They also did a really good one with Andy Partridge. Like you would like this yeah, podcast, I but anyway, um, anyway, it just got me really thinking about um, that specific album because I think that's their like quintessential one. So, like. Uh, when I listen to albums now, like full albums, if it's new, like I, I am like a millennial <laughs> as far as like I need to do something, be doing something. Yeah, me too. So I'm like, oh, like I'll like try to exercise and like try to exercise this Steve McQueen, McQueen album by <laughs> Prefab Sprout because <laughs> it's like it'll motivate me and I don't know, sure. And it actually kind of does like some like light weightlifting to prefab sprout <laughs> i'm gonna try that because i need to start exercising i know again. just a little bit so. and like if just like a little bit of aerobics because like that first honestly that first run of five songs on a, on that album it's like untouchable i'm like wow these are all incredible pop songs but um that song bonnie i really like because just from like a songwriter's point of view um like the idea of being really patient because it's like uh he says one lyric like i forget what the line is and then it's like four bars of just acoustic guitar going and then he like finishes his thought after like four bars and you're like what did he just do that like did he make basically one half of the verse like just a small sentence that he just started two words and then waited four measures and then finished it and i was like uh that's amazing and then just an epic like intense soaring chorus which that's like you know top way to win me over so yeah i love that band love that song that album's just my like later in life discovery that i'm just like so happy that i have found so yeah good song beautiful record that i also kind of didn't really listen to like until the last like year or two yeah it's tough to listen to all music it is but also i think like i naturally lean towards music that's a little bit more um edgy or angular or like has like a rocking vibe at some point to it and i think um this album has that a little bit, but 
it's a lot cleaner and a lot more like hard on the sleeve. And I think that has to do with just me getting older. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I can deal with hard on the sleeve. Like that, like that just means they're like cutting through the crap and just like saying the thing. And so that's like a vulnerability and it's mature. So that's what I think about the Steve McQueen album. <laughs> yes. yes. Great record. <laughs> All right. Great choices so far. You're nailing this portion Thanks. of the podcast. Um, How about after pre-frat, prefab? Okay. Sprout? After prefab, next, okay. Next would be um, uh, The Pretenders, uh, Stop Your Sobbing off of Pretenders. You know, uh, almost American band. <laughs> yes. An American fronted band. Sort of. Pretender, stop your sobbing. Yes. Um, it's just good. I like it. And it's just catchy as I'll get out. And I think the older I get to, I just, I'm, I don't know. Pretenders, like, I get it now. I don't think I got it when I was younger. Me too. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. When you're younger, you're like, um, you know, you're like, just got to be cool. I got to listen to cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are cool. They are cool. Take, takes a while to like realize. I think it's cool. like when it gets convoluted with like radio rock yeah. and like maybe it was like something that you were hearing because I think was it was a brass in pocket or is it yeah that one I would hear on the radio all the time. I'm like, this is kind of like a almost kind of kitschy, goofy kind of in its way, and it kind of has like this like sassiness that's not cool for like whatever age I was listening to like alternative music on the radio and so i think now i'm like oh i think i have a better understanding of like what was going on at that time like all the other bands that were around at that time and then like how they were different and i'm like oh wow like it's actually like amazing and the guitar i forgot what the guitarist's name is but such an incredible guitarist and anyway yes another later in life discovery of a classic album but Gotta go there. Gotta go there. Great. I'm glad we went there. Awesome. I'm glad we're there. We're, so we're there. still there. We're still there. But now we're about to leave okay. to the next song. Okay. But great. It was fun being there. Cool. And I guess we're going to go back there when the song plays. plays. That's true. So, yeah. <laughs> so get ready to go like back. One everyone. foot in, one foot out, you know. Um, okay. The last song, as I promised, is by XTC. Yeah. Yeah. And that. It is off of my favorite album by them, Drums and Wires, is Complicated Game. Great song. I know. It's so dark and so edgy and angular. and Very angular. That's so, a perfect word. I am so into angular. You have no idea. Like, I just, I've wanted to have a project that was like all like guitars that never played chords and it was like all like <laughs> <laughs> yeah cuz that whole record kind of like sounds like that it totally does it complicated games like <laughs> no yeah it's yeah. like uh, well it has like that like yes 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 sometimes they all like kind of blend in but the, me, you know? oh yeah i know which one you're talking it's about it's like i don't know um <laughs> song titles I oh yeah song titles. it's the one that's like the last i think it's the last one on the album and it's like really dark it's like Compli- complicated. <laughs> I'm just gonna play it on my phone for everyone, so we got, so we get a. Will be the same. 
is just a complicated game. Oh yeah, <laughs> that one. It's That's it's like they're. Song. I think it's it's different than everything else. So You're getting a sneak peek. Yeah, this is a great song. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's like, I think the vibe is a little different than all the other ones on that album. It's a yeah. little more like mysterious and dark. Love it. I love it too. And I'm glad you picked an XTC song. It's my favorite band. Yay. Yeah. So we got, hey, really just great string of songs we're going to play. Sweet. Six songs. Yes. As chose, chosen by Nicole. Great job. REM Finest Work song. We got some cleaners from Venus. They might be giants. Prefab Sprout, Pretenders, and XTC. And then we'll be back to wrap things up. The time to rise has been. Two. 
complicated feelings I don't believe you When you were there before my eyes No one planned it to get for granted I count the hours since you slipped away I count the hours that I lie awake Seconds too All I stole and I took from you But Barley don't live at home Barley don't live at home Words don't hold you Broken soldiers
Okay, we're back to sadly wrap up the Aww. show. It's been a lot of fun. Yes. Just like hanging out with a friend. I know. Hanging out with great. a new friend. We had a lot of fun talking tunes. Guys, the main takeaway, though, is Nicole's new record is out. Her solo record, first solo effort, very strong first <laughs> solo effort. It's called Paper Suit. It's out now on K9 Records. You can get it. On vinyl, digital download. You got a show tomorrow. Yeah. Our Wicked Lady Rooftop. I know. So summery. Playing summer with vibes. The Natural. Yes. And Honeycut, right? Honeycut from Boston. And, and Bloom. No. I think it's Zune. Yeah. It's I've seen four different names on the internet. But yeah. The most recent, I think, is Zune. I think from Toronto. Yeah, it should be fun. I mean, so Doug will not be in our show tomorrow because he's got a show with Guided by Voices in Dayton, as oh, per usual. Wait, is that their Heed Fest thing? Yes. Oh, my God. So I'm friends with some Guided by Voices super fans. Oh, yeah. That all go to all the shows. Uh-huh. I'm not one of them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I am in the Facebook group, but... <gasps> I guess I'm not a super oh duper gosh. fan. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. But super fan? No. I'm, honestly, I'm a big fan. But big fans are great for Guided by Voices. Super fans are the ones that elbow me in the back of my skull at their show. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> we don't need keep your bows to it's yourself. Bows to Guided by Voices super fans. Yes. But Heed Fest. Heed Fest. That's but what's happening. Apparently they don't. Got it by voices doesn't play. They heat just fest chill usually, out, but I now think. they are. Oh, they playing. are. Okay. Yeah, this year. yeah, that's so funny. I saw just. I think it was. I don't know if it was from Heat Fest or if it was just like another like super fan website that was like had made this amazing meme. It was like Doug doing this like his Doug move where he like holds the guitar straight up while he's playing something with like the neck uh, perpendicular to the floor and. And it says, because you can't spell guided by voices without Doug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it's true. I guess. I bet off the bat, without thinking of all the letters, yeah. It's probably there. Because it's a four. Yeah. No, there's a U in there. No, there's some Ds. There's an O. Yeah. Yeah. There's a D. There's a D. It's It's all there. there. Doug is in Guided by Voices. Yes, he really is. But, but enough about Doug I Miller know, playing seriously. Fest. So, yeah, no, it's uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Our Wicked Lady. Yes, and usually our friend Tom Barrett would be on drums, but alas, he is in Seattle right now. Yeah, he posted so, some photos. Yeah, he's having fun. I want him to have fun. I don't want him not to have fun. So, actually, so um, 
my drummer is Brian, who is in the band Peel Dream Magazine, and uh, also Brian Alvarez. You he's know in Brian like 15 and bands. Holy Tunics. Yeah, yeah, you've had Holy Tunics on. I know. He's also he's, in Parrot Dream. Yes. he's in a lot. He's in a he's lot. He's in a lot of local bands. And he was like, it was really sweet because he found out that I might need a drummer, and he was like, I want. I'm gonna be playing drums with you, and I was like. Yes. And he was like... We just high-fived everyone. I know. <laughs> gotta love it when people are eager in life. It's yeah. just a great thing. You gotta high-five that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so he's gonna be playing drums. And then um, uh, Jacob uh, Sloan on bass. And he's um, played with Pains of Being Pure at Heart for several years. And then um, the guy who is instead of Doug and has kind of been playing instead of Doug for a couple times now his name is Joe Boyer from Cleveland and he actually used to be the lead guitarist for Cloud Nothings cool yeah so he can shred yeah that's a shreddy band yeah and uh I have to say I'm I'm pleased pleased as punch as a peach (laughs) I I grew up with no like American idioms or like like sayings like that so I'm like uh, pleased as a uh, horse's <laughs> saddle <laughs> rope in the early part of the day. <laughs> yes. That's, you know what I mean? I, I know that feeling. I yeah, know that feeling. In the early part of the day. The early part of the day. <laughs> sun is rising. Sun is rising. You can smell the morning dew. Yes. All that good stuff. Yes. <laughs> and guys, again, if you would like to purchase Nicole's new record, Paper Suit, NicoleYoon.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anywhere Nicole. else. Yeah. Oh, and then Canine Records. And Canine is with AK. Yeah. And yeah, you can find it. You can find Nicole on Facebook, Instagram, yes. Yes. Twitter, yes. all social media. Records also available on all streaming services. Yes. Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal. Yes. All the good ones. Mm-hmm. Let's play one more song from the record to end the program. Wow. Let's do it. Okay. Total of five songs. How about since I picked, you pick. Okay. This time. Let's do, you know, I think we should do Are we feeling are we feeling contemplative or fun right now? Fun. Let's do maximum because yeah. this is a fun this song. This is fun. And this is actually how we finish our our live set because you gotta end on a on a fun one. Cool. Well, we had fun here today, Nicole and I. I hope everyone listening had fun listening. And you can go see Nicole tomorrow at Our Wicked Lady. This is Maximum. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thanks so it was much. Such a I had pleasure. a great time. Me too. <laughs> <laughs>